Welcome to our North Church podcast. We hope this message encourages you. For further information about our church, please visit churchnorth.com or check out our social media at Church North. Today's speaker is Pastor Dave Niblock. We want to welcome you like everybody has said today and we're going to get into the word of God of what we believe Resurrection Sunday is all about. And uh, I like, like Stu and Tyrone said, after this service, there is a maze. And the maze is amazing. See what I did there? But it is not just for kids. Adults, you will enjoy the maze too. Thank you for everyone who has helped make all of that. I want to read some Bible to you from the book of Luke, chapter 24. And I'm just going to simply read the account from the Gospel of Luke with regards to the resurrection. In verse 1 of Luke 24, it says, On the first day of the week, which is a Sunday, I know sometimes it feels like it's a Monday, but it's a Sunday, very early in the morning. Now, for some of you early risers, very early in the morning is like 5.30, 5 a.m. For some of you early in the morning is, is like 9.30. Very early in the morning, the woman... The women took the spices that they had prepared. How many of you know men aren't great always at preparing the spices? And they went to the tomb. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they entered, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. For while they were wondering among this, about this, suddenly two men in clothes that gleamed like lightning stood beside them. And in their fright, the women bowed down with their faces to the ground. But the men said to them, why do you look for the living among the dead? For he is not here. He has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still with you in Galilee, the Son of Man must be delivered over to the hands of sinners, be crucified, and on the third day be raised again. Then they remembered his words. When they came back from the tomb, they told all these things to the eleven and to all the others. And it was Mary Magdalene, Joanna, Mary the mother of James, and the others with them who told this to the apostles. But they did not believe the woman because their words seemed to them like nonsense. Peter, however, got up and ran to the tomb. Bending over, he saw the strips of linen lying by themselves. And he went away wondering to himself, what has happened. What has happened? I want to share on these scriptures and some of you have heard these scriptures many times before. Some of you have heard this account of the resurrection many times before. Let me remind you what these three days entail. On Friday he died. (laughs) On Saturday we waited and on Sunday he rose. On Friday if you were here we shared and looked and reflected and thanked God for sending Jesus to die on a cross for us, to die the most excruciating death on our behalf. On Friday, he died. On Saturday, we all waited, not sure what was going to happen. And on Sunday, the first day of the week, very early in the morning, he rose from the dead. That is the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, that on one day he died, another day we were unsure, but the next day he rose again and gave us hope and life for all eternity. And so Friday, Saturday and Sunday happened, but my question today is this, what happens on Monday? 
What happens on Monday? We know what happens on Friday and Saturday and Sunday, but what happens on Monday? You know, I've been to some historic places in the world. I've been privileged and blessed enough to like see some amazing things in the world. When I was younger, I did a bit of traveling before I was married. And even since being married, I have been able to visit some amazing places, some history around the world. Uh, last year, uh, we, went, we were in Athens and we went to a wedding there and we had some time and we were able to see the Acropolis this amazing structure right in the center of Athens. Has anybody seen the Acropolis? Has anybody actually been there? A few of you. This was built during the 5th century before Christ. 500 years before Christ, this Acropolis was built and you are able to walk around there and you're kind of in awe at the history at the amazing architecture, how they were managed to build this huge building at the top of this massive mountain without cranes, without electricity, without the power that we know of today. 500 years ago, I was privileged enough to see that. A few years prior to that, I was privileged enough to go to Ellis Island in New York City, home of the Statue of Liberty, and walk around Ellis Island, which was the busiest immigration station in the United States, a historic place, a place of perceived liberty and freedom for many people arriving on those shores, and it becomes symbolic, and it is absolutely historic. A few years prior to that, I was able to be in Cape Town and I went to the place where Nelson Mandela uh, made his first public speech after his release from prison on the 11th of Feb 1990. And that statue is a new statue, but right there is where he stood and delivered his first speech after being set free. And as the people were taking me around to see this, you're almost going, wow, this is history here. This is a moment like, I know I'm a few years behind, but this actually happened. That is where he actually stood. That is where the Acropolis was actually built. That is where thousands of people would come and gather looking for liberty in America. And I saw these places and they were all amazing, heart-touching, powerful moments which had an impact on me just being able to see it and witness it. And so I've been to those three historic places. The final historic place was last year. I went to Anfield and I went to the trophy room and (laughs) saw the trophies in all of their galore that Liverpool have won. And for any Man United fans, that's six Champions League trophies just on that top shelf. I have been to these places and it is history to be honoured, to be respected. But here's the thing. I visited, I left, I saw, and then I continued on my day. I respected it, I honoured it, I reflected on it, but I also continued on my day. So what is the difference about the historic resurrection of Jesus? Surely it's just another historic event that impacted the world that we could take a picture of and put on the screen and say that is the tomb that Jesus rose again from and we could observe it and we could visit it and we could acknowledge it and applaud it and we could honour it and we could celebrate it. But 
surely the resurrection has more impact than the simply the pictures that I have shown you today. The resurrection didn't just impact the world. It is what ties the beginning from the end. It is what brings the Alpha and the Omega together. It fulfills the purpose of creation and also the fulfillment of eternity. That through the life and through the death and through the resurrection of Jesus, we see the restoration of mankind to God on earth and the dwelling with him, with God in heaven. This is more than an event that shaped history. This is a moment that fulfilled what was, that still shapes what is, and will establish what is to come. You see, it was our sin that separated us from God, and Jesus came to forgive us of that. It was our struggles that brought us dispeace, and God is still present in our present to bring us peace and it was the fear of the future death that hung over us that Jesus offers us eternal life and so while we were still sinners the Bible says Christ died for us that while we were still burdened Jesus carries right now those burdens for us And while we were still worried about perishing and the end of life, guess what? God sent Jesus so that whosoever, I love that line, whosoever, not a certain person, not a certain category, not a certain tick list, whosoever might believe in him would not die, amen? but would have everlasting life. It is called the gospel and the gospel is simply good news. And today we stand and we sit in a room full of good news of the gospel of Jesus because the good news is of a God who is all loving, all powerful, all merciful, all kind, all generous. He is all just, he is all righteous and from the beginning to the end, Jesus is highly exalted. This is the good news. It is God's nature to turn things around. And God is not new to this resurrection moment. This isn't like, wow, God's never done this before. It is what God always does. And for some of you in the room, I'm trying to remind you of this. And for others of you in the room, I'm trying to tell you this for the first time. That God would part the seas when there seemed to be no way. That God would provide rain when there seemed to be no rain. That God would help a boy defeat a giant when there seemed to be no way. That God would walk with the three men in a fiery furnace when there seemed to be no way. That God would preserve a man stuck in the belly of a fish for three days when there seemed to be no way. That God would perform miracle after miracle after miracle through the, through the, through the, through his son Jesus in the gospels of Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. He would open blind eyes. He would open deaf ears. He would in fact himself raise the dead to life. That God would also open the door to a tomb that has been sealed by heavy stone. And that he would raise to life his son who has been classified as dead. It is what God does. He does those things. He opens the seas. He provides rain. He turns things around. Things that seem impossible, God makes it possible. How awesome is our God on this resurrection Sunday morning.
Just think about it for a moment. How awesome is God? This isn't some new trick that he's had up his sleeve that he's been waiting for. No, God, from Genesis to Revelation, has been performing miracles, has been doing the impossible, has been restoring, has been turning things around, has been opening the tombs of situations. It is what God does. And here's the powerful bit. Are you ready for the most amazing bit? Romans chapter 6, verse 4 to 5. This blows me away. It says, We were therefore buried with him through baptism into his death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we may too live a new life. For if we have been united with him in death like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. Let that sink in for a moment. If we've been united in his death, we've also been united in his resurrection. You know, I can understand a little bit being united in his death. I get that. We can resonate with the cross. We participate in communion. We experience that like, yeah, 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 like the death of Jesus. We've seen him hanging on a cross. I even wear a chain like I, 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 you know, I kind of do that on my chair. Like I get the cross. I can resonate with his death. And one of the reasons we can unite in his death, if we're honest, is because we all have our own nails. We all have our own cross. We all have our own tombs. (laughs) We all have our own pains. We all have our own hurts. We all have our own sorrows. We all have our own guilt. We all have our own sin. We all have our own stuff. The stuff that brought Jesus to the cross, even though he was absent from that, it was placed upon him. And so when we see Jesus on the cross, there's like, yeah, like I've got my own cross. I've got my own nails. And sometimes I live in my own tomb, (laughs) like dead and buried, like with not much hope of what is to come. And so we witness death We see death in family. We see death in sometimes our friends. And it is tragic, the consequences. But this verse in Romans says that we don't just unite in his death. Look what it says. We also unite in his resurrection. Another translation puts it like this. We get to share in his resurrection. We share in his death. And we share in his resurrection. I'm trying to teach my four young children, or the youngest ones, especially what it is to share. Sharing is not easy. Sharing is caring. But sometimes caring is not always as easy as it is to share. And so sometimes you know what it's like with young kids. And some of you adults are poor sharers. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I don't like, I'm not good at sharing food. You know, people say, let's go for tapas. I'm like, no, let's not go for tapas. Because the whole concept of eating Spanish tapas is sharing food. I'm like, I don't see why you should have more than me. (laughs) And there's like two little bits left and there's three of you in the room. (laughs) The eyes start wandering. (laughs) I just want my own chicken. I don't need to share a platter with you. I don't do well sharing food. I also don't do well sharing bottles of water. 
You see someone share your bottle of water and you just see things go back into the water that have come out of their body. And then they give you the bottle back and you just see some like debris floating around. What is that? Where does that come from? Yesterday, I was with my, my, my twin, three, three-year-old twins, and we shared a bottle of water. And I, I bought it them for a mistake was made. I gave them the water first. Comes back looking like a pond that hasn't been cleaned for about three weeks. I don't do well sharing towels, bath towels. I don't do well sharing bath towels. I want my own towel. The worst than putting a wet bath towel on. I don't share towels. And I definitely don't share toothbrushes. And if you share toothbrushes, you're weird. I'll buy you a toothbrush. Sometimes I'll go to brush my teeth. My toothbrush is wet. I'm like, why is it wet? I know it's why it's wet because Abs can't find her toothbrush. Forget the toothbrush. I just put some toothpaste on my finger. I'm not great at sharing some of those things, but yet the Bible says we share in his resurrection. Because when you share, you both take apart from each other. You take apart from each other. And I've been walking with God a long time. I've been a Christian a long time and I've been leading a church for a few years. And it's the first time I fully realized this year, 2023, that the resurrection isn't just something I observe and applaud and say he is risen indeed and put it on my social media. But actually it is something that I get to share in. That a part of his resurrection is in me and a part of my frailty and lifelessness is in him and we get to share with each other. The Bible in Philippians chapter 3 puts it like this. Another way, Paul, who's writing to the church in Philippi, he says in verse 10, he says, I want to know Christ. I want to know the power of his resurrection. Participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death and also somehow attaining to the resurrection from the dead. Paul is at it again. He's basically saying, I'm not just observing and applauding and I'm looking at this thing. I'm sharing. I'm getting involved in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. To know the power of his resurrection. We might know the power of his death. But we're also invited to share in the power of his resurrection. You see, your life... Not just on Easter Sunday, but your life on Easter Monday (laughs) and your life on Monday in May and a Monday in August and a Monday in a wet, dark November can also be resurrected. It can also be restored and it can also be raised to life in new hope. Why? Because we get to share in his resurrection. The Bible says in the book of Romans, again, chapter 8 and verse 11, the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is what? Living in you. That he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. 
in you. And sometimes we view the resurrection and we applaud totally unaware that in his resurrection was your resurrection. So many times we remain in a tomb that God has opened for us. We do life in a tomb that God has removed the stone for, the stone away, but yet we still stay in this cold, dark, isolated place. And yet God has removed it so that you can walk out into new life. Yet sometimes we stay in the very place that God has called us to walk out from. I encourage you today, you might not have the strength to remove the stone because that lies with God but you can at least begin to walk out. That the resurrection power of Jesus today for some of you is going to help you walk out of the tomb. I believe that in Jesus' name. I'm not asking you to remove stones. They are too heavy and they are sealed. That lies with God. But I tell you what you can do. You can walk out of the openings that God has made for you. You can overcome things in your life that you thought you could never overcome. And you might be like in here today going, well, that seems a very positive Easter message where we need to whoop, whoop and clap and applaud because it's the hype thing of Easter to do. But let me tell you this, if we share in his resurrection, if he rose from the dead, if he overcame death, can we overcome some things too? The answer is yes. Why? Because we don't just observe it, but we get to share in it. So I don't just look at the resurrection and go, wow, that's amazing how we overcome death. I share in it and guess what? I can overcome some things in my life too. I don't just have to live and sit defeated and downcast in some of those things. The resurrection power that is in Christ is also in me. And if that is sin, I can overcome some sin. If that is an addiction, I can overcome some addictions. If that is some habits, I can overcome some habits. If that's some ways of thinking, I can overcome some ways of thinking. If that's some ways of living, then I can overcome some ways of living. And people might have told you you can never overcome it. But if Christ could overcome it, we share in his overcoming spirit. We share in his overcoming power. You can overcome it. So you can overcome things. But you can also change and be transformed. When you never thought you could be changed or transformed. When you thought life is your lot and this is how it's going to be. This is just me till I die. There can always be change and there can always be transformation. Jesus was dead, but he is no longer here. He is risen. He has been transformed. And not only was Christ transformed, the disciples who witnessed, who put their palm in his side, who put their hands through his hands, put their, saw the pain, saw what Jesus went through and saw the resurrection. Guess what? what? They were also changed and transformed. Why? Because they shared in his resurrection. You can be changed and you can be transformed. You can experience breakthrough and healing when you never thought you could experience breakthrough and healing. In, on Good Friday, when the Bible says he was whipped for our transgressions and he was beaten for our iniquities and th- things were cast upon him. And the Bible says the stripes of Jesus, that by his stripes that he received the cuts on his body, that we receive 
healing as he is being beaten and then come to Easter Sunday as he is raised to life the healing that we've just received on the Friday enters into a new life because we can experience breakthrough and healing when you never thought you could and sometimes it sounds too good to be true sometimes it sounds a little bit like well it's good over for them over there but our faith is rooted in the death and the resurrection of Christ and if the Bible says it guess what I want to believe it you can live in victory over defeat when you never thought you could. If you feel you're always losing and I'm losing again and we're losing again and we're losing here and we're losing there and we're losing here, there and everywhere. I believe as we understand that we share in his resurrection, I believe that that defeat can become victorious in our life and it might not always look like we want it to look and it might not always happen when we want it to happen. But we get to share in his resurrection. Because he is risen, we also can rise. So we might have some holes in our hands. And we might have some holes in our feet. We might have some scars from life. Why? Because we also share in his death. But where the enemy thought he had locked him up in Joseph's tomb, God begins to do what God has always done. Defeating death, overcoming the devil, rolling the stone away and bringing restoration and hope and new life and the power of God at work, earthquake, after earthquake, rumblings after rumblings. Why? Because all creation is groaning at the power of God at work. And so I share in his death, but I also see that the stone has been rolled away. And today I'm believing in this service today and in this church today, across all of our rooms from our youngest kids upstairs to our older kids in that room, to every single person in this room. I'm believing today, not just to for a whoop whoop for a Sunday. Because how many of you know it's easy to whoop whoop on a Sunday? Everyone loves to whoop whoop on an Easter Sunday. <laughs> Everyone loves it. Because it's what we do as Christians, whoop whoop on Easter Sunday. But I'm believing for some people in this room, that it won't just be a whoop whoop on a Sunday, but it will actually be transformation for your Monday. And you'll begin to see the resurrection power at work in your life, that the power of Jesus may rest in you and it might rest on you because the disciples after this moment, when they run to the tomb, when they see what's happened and there's actually a race between Peter and John and one gets there first and it's actually recorded in the Gospels who got there first. (laughs) Like it really matters. But it mattered to John who wrote the Gospel. And they all witnesses and they all see and Jesus appears to them except Thomas and Thomas is there going, I don't believe until I actually... Did I actually see it? Did I actually touch him? Holding back the whoop whoop. Holding back the whoop whoop until I can actually have some firm evidence. 
Some of you in the room have been waiting for firm evidence. You're like, I ain't whoop whooping. <laughs> I'm going to hold back till I get some firm evidence. I believe today that you might encounter the resurrected Jesus in a very real, tangible, and powerful way. You see, for the disciples, sure there were some doubts. Of course there were. Sure there were some questions. Of course there were. But they knew that this wasn't just an an event in history to observe and to take a picture of. This isn't just a visit to Ellis Island. It's not just a visit to Cape Town. It's not just a visit to any historical place. As good as all those things are, this was a new life to live. This was transformation for our whole spirit, our whole being in Jesus' name. And I close with this scripture in 1, chap- 1 Peter chapter 1 and the band and singers can join me as we close. And in 1 Peter chapter 1, we sang about it earlier. It says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For in his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. This is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. This is the same Peter that thought life was finished. This is the same Peter that thought it was over. This is the same Peter that runs to the tomb to discover Jesus is no longer there. And yet when he gets to write his side of the story, what does he talk about? I've got new life. I've got new birth, that there is living hope, not because of anything I have done, but because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Singers can come and join me because we're going to start to worship and we're going to start to sing because this living hope is only found. This living hope is only found in the life. It is only found in the death and it is only found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ. The living hope wasn't just found in the life and the death. It needed the resurrection. And today we get to acknowledge, we get to celebrate the fact that he lived and that he died and that he rose again. And so today on this Resurrection Sunday, may we too share in his resurrection power, not just of something that we observe, not just something that we applaud, but we understand that the same power that conquered the grave is the same power that lives in me. So therefore, I can overcome some stuff. Therefore, I can be victorious over some stuff. Therefore, I can be transformed in some some stuff. Therefore, I don't have to live hopeless, but I can live hope-filled, full of life, because the same life that was in Jesus is the same life that is in me. And I'd love you to stand to your feet and I'd love you to declare and I'd love you to raise your hands and I'd love us to exalt the Son of God, the one who is risen, the living God, the living Jesus, the one who has scars in his hands, but yet has been set free, the one who has walked out of the tomb. And today we're going to acknowledge We're going to acknowledge that he has no rival, that he has no equal. We're going to acknowledge that death could not hold him, that we share in his resurrection power. And so come on, let's sing this together and let's declare and believe that the resurrection power of Jesus would fall afresh 
on every single one of us today in Jesus' name. Come on.